Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 16th of October, 2023, the first of Cheshvan 5784. I am here in Gush Etzion, and it is day nine of the war against evil, of the war against Hamas, following the horrible massacre of more than 1,300 Israelis in southern Israel. We still do not know the fate the more than 150 Israeli men, women, and babies, children, babies, who were kidnapped by Hamas. We do know, of course, and the details, more details are coming out by the day about the brutality of this generation's Amalekites, evil, Nazis, whatever term you want to call Hamas and what they did last week in southern Israel, raping and murdering and beheading and everything else that they did to our people because they were Jews, men, women, and children. Just a few minutes ago, I spoke to Brian Leib, a foreign policy expert out of the U.S., formal congressional candidate, and um, we just talked. We just talked. It was good to hear from him. And he asked a lot of questions about what's going on here in Israel to describe the situation. So today's show, I'm going to, uh, we're going to just air that conversation, which took place just, um, just several minutes ago here on Monday afternoon, Israel time. So we're going to go ahead and roll that. So I'm here this morning with a friend of mine, Josh Haston, who is in a small town uh, just south of Jerusalem. Uh, and the purpose of uh, us getting together here on the Zoom is to give the American people, uh, and especially the Jewish community who's watching and listening, uh, really just an unfiltered uh, unfiltered uh, look into what's happening right now on the ground in Israel, uh, what the morale of the Israeli people and the IDF is like right now, um, and what the path forward looks like. So with Josh... Um, before coming on here, you told me that that just minutes ago, seconds ago, you were you were hearing sirens. Uh, tell us about that, and 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 tell tell the American people what it's like living your life right now, hearing sirens every ten minutes. So, ironically, the sirens are probably the least scary of everything going on right now. That's not to say it's not uh, you know. It's not normal that sirens have become so normal. The fact that they fired uh, Hamas and the other terror groups have fired thousands of rockets at us. So I'm here in Gush Etzion, just south of Jerusalem, about 20 kilometers away from Jerusalem. We just had a uh, major barrage, both in Jerusalem and in Tel Aviv, in the center of the country. Um, over my head, you hear the uh, Iron Dome intercepting the rockets. Uh, we didn't actually, we're exactly where I'm situated situated it's so for such a precise system we didn't hear the siren but five kilometers down the road in other communities here in the Gush Etzion, we did have a siren and in jerusalem the center of town there was a uh, rocket which did get through i don't see any re reports of any injuries thank god right now the knesset's actually meeting right now some sort of emergency session because of the war i would not be surprised if hamas knew that the knesset was in session because the lawmakers actually had to uh, go down into the Knesset bomb shelters. But I did, again, I did hear the at least two or three Iron Dome interceptions above head. Uh, earlier today, I was in the south of the country, closer to Ashdod. Unfortunately, um, I was at a shiva call. I was paying respects to the dead 
one of the 1,300 plus Israelis who were murdered. Um, this was someone who was going to be a close family member. Somebody who was marrying into the family who was actually a hero. He died a hero. He was at that big uh, festival or concert on Friday night there on the border with Gaza when Hamas attacked civilians, men, women, and children, uh, murdering everyone in sight and those who they didn't succeed to murder, taking them prisoners. So this, I'll call him a kid, he was actually an IDF soldier who was on leave, was at the festival. Uh, he knew right away from his training, he knew what was going on, he knew it was an emergency uh, situation, and instead of running, he saw people wounded, stopped to heal those wounded, and I actually have footage, I have pictures of this kid, um, a young man, 22, 23, treating the wounded instead of running for his life, and eventually Hamas caught up to him and shot him three times. He was able to uh, call my family member, his future wife, and say, I love you, I've been shot, and uh, and that's the last they heard of him. They weren't sure if he was killed, captured, taken back to Gaza. We now learn today that approximately, I think it's it's over 150 confirmed Israelis, if not more, uh, have been taken captured by Hamas. And really, the, the atrocities that we're hearing, more and more stories coming out from what the, and I don't know how they're able to do this, the teams were sent in um, to recover the bodies, and try to identify those who were murdered. It's something we haven't seen since the Middle Ages. I'm talking about, you know, uh, sorry to be graphic, but uh, cutting open, murdering pregnant women and cutting out their babies. Uh, people who are, their bodies were found with missing fingers, missing limbs, because Hamas wanted their jewelry, so they cut off their fingers to take the jewelry. Uh, people burned alive, burned in their cars alive, beheadings, I mean, this is literally medieval. We have not seen anything like this. Again, obviously, you know, the Holocaust was 6 million Jews murdered, and we know we haven't had that many Jews murdered in one single day as we did this past last Saturday, uh, nine days ago. But in terms of the mutilation, the torture, the rape of women, the burning of children alive, all of that, Jewish children, because they're Jews, because they're Jews, we haven't seen that in, in a long, long time. So that's where we stand now. It is constant. It is day and night. Um, but just, I will say this, with all of that, with everything going on, despite the fact that our country has sustained thousands and thousands of rockets, despite the fact we've sustained 1,300 plus deaths, despite the fact that we have over 150, if not 200 Israelis missing, it's unbelievable the, the motivation, number one, of our troops, number one, their motivation is extremely, extremely high. These guys want to wipe out evil, and that must be said. Hamas is pure evil. They must be wiped out, and the motivation is extremely high. I'll also add the acts of uh, good deeds, chesed, as we say in Hebrew, good deeds and the unity, which I've seen this week. I don't think has again there's no way to measure measure this you know to actually you know put this into numbers or whatnot and compare it to any other period the last period maybe i can think of is 2014 when the three boys were kidnapped and actually found killed by hamas uh here actually in gushitsyan but in terms of the number of good deeds and the unity here in israel i think it's unprecedented perhaps in the history of the jewish people there's no again no qualitative qualitative way to measure that the unity is strong. The motivation is strong to wipe out this evil. And Brian, at the end of the day, I think we have no choice but to do so. And I hope our leaders are listening. I hope our leaders do the right thing and do not stop this time. We have stopped before. Several times we've gone into Gaza and several times we have stopped. 
And I'm not a military expert in any way necessary to wipe this evil off the face of the earth, not only for Israel, but for the sake of humanity, for the sake of the world. Yeah, I, 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 there's a lot that I want to I want to comment on. But but the last thing that you just said about how, you know, you hope uh, Israelis politicians are, are listening in, in that, you know, it is time to to wipe Hamas off the map and. And something, and first of all, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, secondly, something that I've always wondered, um, you know, as as an American who who loves Israel so much and has been engaged uh, in in this cause called Zionism, called uh, the future of our people, I've never really truly understood, Josh, why the Israeli government has never wiped Hamas off the map. Um, this is not the the first attack, granted, this is most certainly the the deadliest, bloodiest, for sure, by no possible uh, measure or comparison to anything else. But um, I mean, I can think of at least twenty times in 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 the last just ten years alone where you know it's been Israel under attack, Hamas is launching rockets, Hamas is doing this. You know, why do you think there's been uh, like this reluctance uh, from the Israeli government to just wipe Hamas off the map? Yeah, and let me add to that, people sometimes often overlook the fact that in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was Hamas leading the way in the suicide bombings, blowing up, you know, Holocaust survivors in uh, hotels over Passover. Pure evil. The, you know, pure evil, 30 people murdered in the Pesach Seder. This was the doing of, of Hamas, of course, the PA, and their terror branches were also involved in this. And And really, I think the main problem is why it's not happening now. And I really haven't talked about this until now, because... At this point, I've been focusing on the unity and focusing on, on what, you know, what positive and the things that are, that have been going on here, the positive that we can take out of this, this horrible, horrible uh, tragedy. But since you asked, I mean, unfortunately, the policy has always been since the Oslo Accords, since 1993, is we have to have a uh, someone to talk to on the other side. If Israel is not going to be in a position of control, whether in Judea and Samaria or in Gaza, we have to have somebody to talk to. So first it was the legitimizing the PLO, which was our first mistake back in the 90s. You know, the PA formed from the PLO. We're talking about Yasser Arafat, now Mahmoud Abbas. So we decided that was the address. We we created this whole, we created these zones, areas A, B, and C throughout Judea and Samaria. And area A was turned over uh, 100% to PA control. And then we said there are peace partners, even though the incitement continued in the PA and the hate education and uh, and the attacks, the buses started blowing up uh, just days really after we signed the Oslo Accords. We said, no, there are peace partners. And we looked the other way. And then governments came along and we said, you know, enough of this business. And Hamas came to be. Um, but we, we continued down the path of saying, OK, no, P- the PA, they're still the good guys. Hamas. Now we have this in- entity. Hamas, they're the bad guys. And then most recently we said, well, Hamas is controlling Gaza. Well, well, obviously we're not going to legitimize. Well, we kind of did. We're not going to recognize Hamas because they are a terror organization recognized all over the world as a terror organization. We're going to say the Palestinian, uh, the PIJ, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. No, they're, they're the bad terrorists these days. The last several rounds, and we know now this was all a ruse, the last several rounds of rocket attacks on Israel, Hamas made it crystal clear. We're not involved in this. We're not involved in this. Uh, it's the PIJ. It's not us. Obviously, nothing happens in Gaza without Hamas. But Israel fell for it, essentially. They said, well, Hamas, you're not firing now. We're going to leave you alone. And Israel, the last time we had to target 
anybody in Gaza. We targeted the PIJ and we left Hamas along. All along, they're planning this major, major, unprecedented terror attack against us. It's this, to answer your question, it's this logic that we, somehow we have to have a partner. We have to have somebody to talk to. And that's why for years now, trucks have been lined up on the Gaza border with Israel, delivering humanitarian goods into Gaza on a daily basis, truckloads of humanitarian goods. That's why the border has been open to over 18,000 workers coming in every single day. And while they were here, we know now, obviously, that they were scoping the communities, picking targets, um, completely faithful to Hamas. And we went down that path and we kept going. And even now, I mean, I don't understand. You ask me, I don't understand why the the water was turned back back on in southern Gaza. I understand you know, the logic is, okay, we, we've told a million Gazans to keep going south. We turned off the water. We told them to go south. But what country would aid their enemy by providing them with water? If somebody came into your house, God forbid, and, and, and said that they were going to kill you or going to try to kill you, are you going to turn around and offer the guy a, a glass of water? I don't understand it. Everyone should know or pretends not to know that you know, Egypt also shares a border with Gaza. If anybody should tr- be turning on the water to Gaza or electricity or whatnot, let, let Egypt do it. But it's ironic, not one Arab country is stepping up for these people. And yet, you know, the Israel haters, Israel, you did this, this and that. Ultimately, everything, Hamas is responsible that everything that happens in Gaza, they're responsible if any of their civilians are suffering, it's in their hands. But yet the Arab world is silent. The Arab world is not stepping in. In 1948, when 800,000 Jews were thrown out of the Middle East, Israel took them in like that, like that. They took them in with a brand new country with little resources. We took them in and the Arab world ignored all the Arabs who were here. Same thing's happening again. They're ignoring them. They want them there as pawns. They want them there in Gaza. They want them to suffer. They want the eyes of the world and the international community and the media to point their finger at Israel and wave their finger at Israel like we're the bad guy when Hamas are the bad guys. They're the evil here. You are, Josh, you're exactly correct. And you and I were, were on Newsmax just the other day. And, and, and I mentioned this, you know, where, where is the, uh, where is the outpouring, uh, of, of, of tangible support, you know, from the civilized Arab world, um, in, in, you know, offering to take in any refugees or, or truly, you know, doing things to try and help the situation. Uh, I, I've got to be honest with you. I, I've been such an outspoken supporter of the Abraham Accords. I think it was just truly, an amazing thing um, that that happened uh, just the, a, f- a few years back, and as I look at all this unfolding, I I can't I can't hide my disappointment um, in in a lot of these countries that have really uh, not stepped up to fully condemn Hamas. Um, they've been very silent, in fact, and 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 also we look at the Qataris and the role that they're playing right now in giving safe haven to Hamas. Um, in allowing uh, Iran's foreign minister to arrive in, in Qatar and, and and kiss the leaders of Hamas on the cheeks and hug them and a hey, job well done, boys. Uh, this is happening in, in Qatar and Qatar is supposed to be an ally of the United States of America. Um, so there's there's a lot of disappointment that I'm having right now uh, throughout the civilized Arab world, but let's talk about the non-civilized Arab world for a second. I want you to say, just want to let you know, sorry to interrupt. We are getting another bombardment right as we speak. The center of the country is getting hit. Uh, the Tel Aviv area, Radgan, Tel Aviv, you know, um, right now my area, I'm actually recording from a safe space in my home. Um, 
I'll probably hear within seconds the booms going off. I apologize for interrupting. Um, but uh, right now, nothing again towards Jerusalem. There could be any second. I just want, you know, just so people understand what we're talking about. I mean, we just, what we started talking about uh, eight, 10 minutes ago, we're just after an attack and there's another attack taking place right now. Um, but I'm not moving. Even if there's a siren here, I'm, I'm here in a safe space. So sorry to interrupt you. Just when people should understand what we're going through here. Thank God you're, you're in a safe place. And let's, you know, let's, let's say the quiet part out loud right now. Okay. Who is funding Hamas? Who is funding the PIJ? Who is funding Hezbollah? Who is funding this? Tell me. Yeah, no, it's all Iran. Iran has tentacles all over the Middle East and all over the world. People don't, people shouldn't think that this is just limited to the Middle East. You know, whether it's South America or countries all over the world, Iran is the source. Iran is the inspiration. Iran provides the funding, the money, the weaponry, the training. Everything you see, Hezbollah in the north of Israel, and that's a front which is heating up now as well over the last 48 hours, Hamas and, you know, uh, Iran rather is providing Hamas with uh, the know-how, the weaponry, the encouragement, the, the, every, everything. It, it, it's ironic, you know, Hamas, which is a Sunni uh, organization, Hezbollah, which is a Shia organization, you know, on the surface of it, they probably don't like each other. Um, you know, when push comes to shove, but when it comes to attacking Israel, they have no problem collaborating, cooperating, all of that hatred they have for each other. You know, you think of like the Iran-Iraq war and everything we've seen in the past here in the Middle East, all that is at this point is pushed to the side. Iran is the head of the snake. Iran has to be dealt with ultimately. And you do have, you know, the axis of evil there, Iran and China and Russia and all those partners who are lending a hand, whether literally lending a hand or uh, you know, in the term, in terms of finances and support, um, or in egging these people on, encouraging them. And you probably know more than I do in terms of how deep this goes with all the other international partners. But at the end of the day, Israel, uh, Israel's, uh, biggest challenge is what are we going to do about the Iranian threat, uh, which looms above our heads, which are, whether it's Tehran itself and their, um, their aim at acquiring nuclear weapons and other ballistic missiles, uh, or their proxies, Hezbollah in Syria and in Lebanon, and of course uh, the brutal massacre carried out by Hamas. Iran is the address at the end of the day, and I know our leaders know that. I mean, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has been talking about Iran for uh, I don't know thirty years now. I'm, I'm in the middle of his book right now, and you know he's mentioning Iran. And he talks about how he knew about Iran back in the uh, 80s when, you know, when the fall of the Shah, all the way back to then. So we know who uh, the enemy is. We know who daily incites to violence and bloodshed with the goal of wiping off. And your listeners should know this and your viewers should know this. Not just the little Satan. They view Israel as the little Satan. They view the United States as the big Satan. Don't make any mistake about it. And I only wish the, the Biden administration would recognize that instead of showing weakness time and time again, we could say thank you to the Biden administration for coming out with statements this week to, in support of Israel and whatnot. Uh, but we can't overlook the fact that the Biden administration has shown extreme weakness towards the Iranians. It's like a mafia boss and paying off the mafia boss, hoping you're going to get good results when you pay off the mafia. And that's never the case. You never get good results when you pay them off and show weakness. Only strength wins. This isn't the uh, uh, U.S.-Canadian border here. This is the Middle East. You don't show strength, and they're going to walk all over you. Israel understands that. It's time Israel shows that. And it's time the Biden administration understands that as well with its policies.
Well said. Uh, I, I I think you're you're exactly correct. I think uh, anyone that that even knows just a little bit uh, about the Islamic Republic of Iran uh, knows uh, what they as a government uh, are all about. And it's also important to to draw a line in the sand. And I've seen this up close and personal, not in Iran, but but in other places. Um, that there there really is a, a difference of opinion between the the Iranian people and the Islamic Republic of Iran. I I think the Iranian people are are, are are natural allies and supporters of the Israeli people. I see that through the Iranian American diaspora that I've interfaced with over the years. Every single one of them supports Israel, supports Zionism. Um, so that's a, a sliver of of good news about the Islamic Republic of Iran, which by the way. They always say to me, Brian, you have to say the Islamic Republic of Iran because that's who they are. You know, right. I I am a citizen of Iran, not the Islamic Republic of Iran. Is what sure. they would say to me. Sure. But to, but to stay on that, Josh, you know, it's um, anyone again with ten percent, you know, knowledge of the situation knows who the Islamic Republic is, uh, has been for the last forty, fifty plus years. Uh, to your point, it's death to America, death to Israel, while also you know, being the world's leading funder of terrorism all throughout the world. There's no doubt Hamas uh, would be able to have carried out these attacks in the first place if it was not for the material, financial, logistical support that they received from Hamas. I mean, that's just that's a that's a no brainer. Everyone knows that. And I and I echo your thoughts about being appreciative of my government, of the Biden administration in, in over the past week. They definitely have shown an overwhelming show of force and support for uh, the people and land of Israel. You've seen that in words and in actions from the carrier strike groups that are sitting out in the Mediterranean right now to potentially special forces that are already on the ground in, 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 in Israel. So a lot of those things have happened, but I will say, and this all comes back to the point you just made, I don't think any of this any of this will be happening um, in the first place if the Biden administration had not been exerting strength. And let's not forget it was, you know, um, the Biden administration, you know, stepping into the situation in the Middle East where the Islamic Republic of Iran had four or five billion dollars in international reserves. And I mean, that's a couple months of rent, you know, for that country before they were done. Um, and um, instead of enforcing maximum sanctions, maximum pressure, um, they ignored all of it. They, yes, the sanctions were on the books, but they never enforced the sanctions. So, so the Islamic Republic continued to sell oil to Venezuela, China, whatever. Anyways, the, the, the bottom line is now they're over $70 billion in international reserves, which really makes them just such a powerhouse in the Middle East. And, 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 uh, and I'm, I'm looking at a story right now that just hit my phone that Biden is calling the potential Israeli occupation of Gaza as a big mistake, while he also said in 60 Minutes last night that he only wants the extreme part of Hamas to be eradicated, alluding that I guess there's a non-extreme version of Hamas. So I know I just said a lot there, but yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, what are your thoughts as an, as an Israeli? I mean, I know you're appreciative that the Biden administration has stepped up, but I mean, we've got to be honest about where this came from. And it came from Iran and Iran never would have been able to do any of this in the first place. If, if not, I mean, am I wrong? Am I right? What are your thoughts? No, listen, I, I saw that headline this morning as well. I didn't watch 60 minutes live. It was too late here, but I, you know, it was kind of one of those, I'm shocked, not shocked moments. Um, and again, I agree with that, what your sentiment in terms of the appreciation uh, for everything that we've seen until now, but a little bit shocking um, that, 
as this is all going on, as all of this is going on, the Biden administration is now saying, well, Israel, you know, you can't uh, so-called occupy Gaza. That's not the end goal. And and, uh, and we need to strive for a two-state solution. How can you be talking about a two-state solution right now? Look what happened when Israel relinquished Gaza, pulled out every citizen, exhumed the bodies of every last Jew in 2005. That's why we are in the situation we are in now, because there is no IDF presence on the ground in Gaza you know, there's no way they would able to be able to pull this off if IDF soldiers and there were commu- Jewish communities in Gaza. They wouldn't be able to do this. So it took a while, it took many years of planning and whatnot. But in 2005, when Israel had a presence in Gaza, what we saw this last Saturday was impossible to achieve. And now we're still talking about a two-state solution. I mean, that essentially is saying, you know, we're going to reward you, Hamas, for carrying this out and in terms of differentiating um, you know, I don't have numbers in terms of how many supporters there are in Gaza or whatnot, but, you know, Hamas was elected with the Gazans back in 2000 and whatever it was, 2007. They're the ones who voted for Hamas in the, in the regional elections there. And ultimately, Hamas uh, initiated a violent coup to take over from the Palestinian Authority. So you do have, you can't say, well, you know, they're civilians, they're just civilians. You do have five, six different terrorist groups in Gaza. You have people who voted Hamas into, into power, you have people supporting Hamas, giving them any type of backing. I mean, if you're hiding, hiding Hamas in your house, you know, you're, you're hiding Hamas. Just like back after 9-11, uh, President Bush, I remember, said if you are aiding or supporting or hiding any of these terrorists to carry out the attacks on 9-11, then you are just like, it's just like you are then. You are part of the you are considered a target. And that's the same situation here in Gaza. And unfortunately, as time goes on, as we move further away from the horrible events of Simchat Torah last Shabbat, more and more voices are coming out. The head of NATO came came out and said Israel needs to carry out a proportionate response to what's going out in Gaza. And I'm thinking in my head, really? A purport- what's a proportionate response? You mean Israel has to go in and rape and mutilate uh, women in Gaza and behead children? Because that's proportionate. If you're talking about we have to do exactly what they did, that means we have to count how many dead do we have, kill exact the exact same number of how, of how many uh, exact same number in Gaza of the Arabs there as thirteen hundred. Okay, we killed thirteen hundred. How many women were raped? Let's count them up, and we have to go rape the exact same amount. I mean, the moral compass of some of these leaders, you know, and the head of NATO, are just so skewed. Um, and with the Biden administration right now, that's that's essentially a reward to say we want a two state solution. That's the ultimate goal. That's going to bring peace. Look what happened when we gave away Gaza. This is the perfect example, sadly. We gave away every inch that Israel's given away, every inch of territory has become a base for terrorism, a terror launching pad for rockets. There's no two state solution. That thing is done. Even the Israeli left now, after this last attack last week, the Israeli left and right are unified in the fact that. There's no way we're going down that path. So, again, disappointed with the statements over the last 24 hours by the Biden administration. Yeah, you know, to add on to that, you know, I I knew you want peace. I know every Israeli I speak to, whether they're on the left or or the right in Israel, you know, they want peace. Um, We all want peace. Um, You know, the, the massacre that happened. This past weekend certainly is like a, nothing we've ever seen before, but we we can't be we can't ignore the fact that these types of of killings in cold blood have been happening for decades, um, you know, and, and this has been the calling card of any radical, really terrorist group in the region. And and forgive me for saying they're probably all very radical. I mean, if there's citizens that are 
supporting terrorist groups, in my opinion, they're no longer no longer citizens or civilians anymore. Um, and you know, I as a as an American, you know, looking out on the outside, looking in, you know, I've always maintained a position that I I Israel doesn't have a partner for peace. So you know, where is this where is this two state solution? Um, you know, how is that actually you know going to happen? And and and, and honestly, I've I've never really seen a pathway for that. So, you know, I've really dispelled, uh, dispelled the theory that there ever will be a two-state solution. Um, there, there is one state, it's the state of Israel, uh, a state that has roughly about 2 million Arabs that are now Israeli citizens that have a much better quality of life than certainly living under the rule of Hamas or the Palestinian Authority. Um, so yeah, I, I think the two-state solution is dead. It's been dead on arrival, to, if I'm being frank with you. Um, Absolutely. You know, and it's just not going anywhere, yeah. Yeah, 100%. A two-state solution is a no-state solution because it's an existential threat to the state of Israel. We can't go down that path. And I think more and more, unfortunately, more and more people as a result of last week understand this. Um, but, you know, world leaders still don't get it. They still don't understand what we're dealing with here. We're a tiny sliver amongst the sea of Arab countries and Muslim countries. And you don't divide your tiny country into another state make it an, an additional state, you know, west of the Jordan River between the, the sea and the uh, the sea and the river. That's what, which is what they're calling for, by the way. You know, people say this is about Judea and Samaria, the communities, as they call it, the West Bank, a term I don't use. But they say it's all about that. And ironically, by the way, you know, Hamas, when they did this, uh, carried out this attack, they were talking about, you know, we are carrying out a mission in occupied uh, sterot and occupied uh, the occupied lands of southern southwestern israel so they don't refer to efrat and betel and those areas as the occupied territory so called they refer to you know what all even left wing what what have you so called you know israel proper uh people who support only israel proper those individuals they refer to those areas and Haifa as well, and Jaffa and Akko, they refer to the entire country as one big occupation. So anyone who thinks about these so-called settlements, um, that's not what this is about. And Hamas shows it time and time again. Um, these weren't people in Judea and Samaria who they murdered ruthlessly and savagely uh, last Shabbat. Yeah, J- Josh, I have another question to, to end on, but I do want to sure. just get, uh, add with a quick note here. Um, certainly we have seen uh, world leaders already starting to change their tune from just a couple days ago. Oh my God, what a horrible massacre to now. There has to be a proportionate response and Israel has to do this and do this and do this, whatever. More of that's going to come. We know that. Um, But I will tell you, Josh, I was just in Budapest, Hungary, uh, actually, as all these events unfolded. um, And from the Hungarian defense minister to the Hungarian justice minister to uh, Hungary's ambassador uh, to the United States of America, everyone that I met and encountered from the highest echelons of their government uh, to uh, non-government officials to ordinary citizens, every single one of them had a common theme or a common message for me. And that is, is that we have always stood with Israel in the Jewish community. We will continue to stand with Israel and the Jewish community. And when the world starts to change their tune about what's happening, we will not. And it was such a powerful thing for me to hear and feel. And I, and I want you to know, granted, Hungary is not a very big country. It's a country similar to Israel of, of less than 10 million people. Um, but Israel does have allies on the world stage and countries that 
are going to stand with 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 you with us no matter what it takes um and it's important i think it's important for you to know of course you know the united nations is going to have their moment of silence for the palestinians that have been that have been killed in sanity um but the, i think the world at, at large is going to stand with israel so i want to i want to close on this final question here sure. um you mentioned sadly the family member of yours that is not going to become a family member um what's the morale like of the israeli people right now as I mean, to put it in perspective for everyone, 1,300 dead Israelis is like the equivalent of almost 50,000 Americans, right? Exactly. It, yeah. It's 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 unheard of. Uh, it, it, it's a massacre of of epic proportions, mini Holocaust esque. Um, what's the morale of the Israeli people, the IDF, um, that you're hearing and seeing every minute there? So. Uh, let me just say, first of all, in terms of your comments before, we appreciate any support we can get. If it's Hungary, you know, we know the United States and the U.S., we know the people of the U.S. are with Israel. There's no question in my mind, the citizens of the United States, regardless of who's in the White House, is on our side. Let me just say that. And any support we can get from any nation who's willing to stand on the side of good, the stand on the side of light, the side of morality, we'll take it. And we really, really appreciate it. So thanks for that. Um, in terms of the morale here, there's no doubt we have suffered tremendous losses. And I don't know, you know, it's basically hit the entire country. It's such a small place, as you know. I don't know of any community that hasn't suffered either a loss or has somebody missing. Um, by the way, a lot, you know, there are people who are missing and who are killed that are citizens of the United States, citizens of Canada, citizens of, of Europe. These are foreign, foreign nationals, foreign uh, workers who are in Israel who were murdered as well. So on one hand, you know, we are uh, burying the dead and we are in mourning. On the other hand, Israel is the most resilient country on the face of the earth. We have no option other to be that source of resilience in the world. And the motivation of the IDF and the soldiers is unparalleled. They are ready they are chomping at the bit. They're ready for whatever comes their way. I don't know what's going to be, you know, every reports and media reports of a ground operation. And I don't have the authority or the know-how or the ability to tell you yes, no, when, where, what. I can't tell you that. But I know this from friends who are down there, children of friends who are down there. They want to eradicate Hamas. And the morale of our troops is the highest it's ever been. And if anybody out there is a, a Hamas supporter and happens to watch this video, I will tell you this. We are coming, and we are coming hard, and you will pay the price. Those who carried this out, and I know Israel's bombing now, and some of the Hamas leaders have already been taken out. If you were out there, you did this evil, and we are coming to get you. And I pray to God our leadership goes all the way. But Israel is coming. The morale is high. The motivation is high. We are trained, ready. And we have all the tools at our disposal to do so. So I want to end on that. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the time to uh, to allow me to express my thoughts on your on your program here, on your show, on your Zoom, whatever you want to call it. Just a friendly chat here between friends um, discussing the reality here. But um, it, this is a long path. We've been down this path not for 75 years, the Jewish people. We've been down this path for 4,000 years. We had 6 million butchered just 75 years ago. The 1,300 butchered last week. That's a long road. We're still here. The Babylonians, the Romans, 
all the way down. They're not here anymore. We are still here. We will continue. We will overcome this horrible, horrible uh, uh, massacre. And um, and we'll keep on going, Brian. That's our only option. Um, you know, that is really our only option as, as, as Jews, whether, whether a Jew like yourself living in Israel or, or me in Florida. Um, you know, as you said, this is, you know, not something that's just happened over the last 10 years, 50 years, 100 years. You know, it has been century after century uh, that the evil forces of the world have been trying to to wipe Jews off the map. And, and, and it's never happened. We've always come back stronger than ever before. And in the darkest of times and this past week has been pure hell for you, for me, for everyone. Pure hell. But... I know that we will rise out of this stronger than ever before. And I know that we are shining our light onto the world right now. And, and I would also offer a message like you did to any of the Hamas supporters uh, in Israel, similar here to America, these Hamas supporters, these people that are taking to the streets all throughout the country on college campuses to, to chant for Israel's destruction and to kill more Jews um, we see who you are. We know who you are. We're not going to forget who you are. And anyone that's going to support Hamas, uh, you know, you're you're putting your cards on the table. So, Josh, thank you I'm for in. making the time. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this up in into into a into a video, completely unfiltered. Uh, and I think it's important for people people to see this and hear the words that you're saying. And and um, you know, you have a friend in me. You know, you have a friend in millions of Americans, Jews and, and, and non-Jews. So whatever Absolutely. we can do to help, you just message me and we're here. You know that. We'll do. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you for your time. Thanks a lot, Brian. Of course. of course, man. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Josh Haston here. Uh, get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, thanks to Tabitha Epstein, really, for everything she does behind the scenes and getting the show together, and Benjamin Bresky, Ben Bresky as well, for everything he does behind the scenes. And we have to hope and pray, hope and pray that by the time we talk again next Monday, please God, there will be a little less evil in the world. How about a whole lot less evil in the world? As Israel, please God, will wipe out Hamas and do the world a favor and rid the world of these barbarians, these savages. I won't even call them animals because they're worse than animals. And please, God, let's hope for good news. Let's hope all the wounded recover. Let's hope that all of those being held in Gaza, the captives, Israeli captains, captives will be left free. And only good things here from Israel. The state of Israel, the heart and soul of the Jewish people. Please, God, only good things. Have a great week, everybody. All the best.